Hey bestie, welcome to apartment 3B. I'm Karen. I am Reina. And I'm Ruthie. So grab yourself a snack, pour yourself a drink, get comfy, and get ready for a new episode of apartment 3B. Hey guys, welcome back to apartment 3B. I am your host, Ruthie. And I'm your host, Karen. And I'm your host, Reina. Thank you guys so much to everybody who took the time out of their day to listen, who gave us feedback and everything. It's so exciting. And thank you so much for the support and the love that everybody gave. I agree. We definitely saw every single one of you on Instagram, on Spotify, and deep, deep, deeply, I really appreciate every single one of you. We really do. Um, all the feedback that we got from you guys has just been amazing and it's just helping us keep going and coming up with more topics that we can talk about with you guys. And if you guys have any questions or something that you guys want us to talk about, be open to comment or messages on Instagram and tell us what you guys want to hear. <laughs> with that being said, let's begin. Today, we're going to talk about growing up Latina and Amish because <gasps> we got two Latinas here and Ruthie, we got our Amish our girl. Amish girl. Yeah, me That's and me. Me and Reina. Well, she's kind of like a Mexican in, the, in her, in, how do you say it? Your soul. Oh, no, she's literally Mexican. You're like, like a uh, Mexican Amish. <laughs> we baptized her into the Mexican community. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's me. You're literally yeah. Mexican. Yeah. Mexican on the inside. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the Mexican um, Amish Ruthie. Period. <clears throat> Rutina. Yeah. I like Ruthie. Yeah. I enjoy my name. Yeah. So I think we're kind of forcing this conversation. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Low key. <laughs> Maybe deep down we're still traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, uh, no. We'll flow, no, it's okay. We'll the first it. episode was very much about, like, introducing ourselves, getting to know you. And then part of our backstory, something that plays a big part in us and who we are is is your childhood. It's how you grew up. It's part of who you are. And yeah. obviously, both of you are Latina, and it shows in the best way possible. Like, uh -huh. I love it. Like, you have your culture. And that's not... I mean, it's not an abnormal, because obviously, there's literally many, many Latinas and stuff. But you're, like... It's still a way you grew up. It's influencing who you are today. And you're living in a space where not everybody is Latina. And then the same with I the way I grew up as well. Do you think that if there wasn't any um, separation between both communities, do you think the three of us would have been friends as little girls? Oh, hmm. hmm. That's a good question. Because <laughs> what were you like as a kiddo, though? Oh, I was so quiet. But then again, I went to a private school and mm. I didn't have anything in common with my classmates. So mm -hmm. fun I fact yeah. about me. Part of my childhood, I lived in Mexico. <gasps> cool. Oh, yeah, that is so cool. What and years? I was brought to Mexico. Well, I was born in Chicago, Illinois, mm -hmm. and I lived there until I was three years old. And I was brought to Mexico when I was three. And I lived in Mexico up until I was nine. And then after that, <laughs> in, a, in a small town in Indiana. And I've been here since. Mm -hmm. But growing up in Mexico, it's definitely very, very different from here. And I loved it. Love I that. loved it. I felt like in Mexico, you grow up so free. At, at a point in time, I kind of blamed my parents a little bit for taking me out of where I feel like I belonged because coming back to the States was very hard. Spanish was 
my first language and I le- I that's all I spoke up until I was in like fifth grade. And then when I went to school here, all I spoke was Spanish. So it was so hard, like school and understanding and making friends because I feel like I got so used to just living in Mexico and like moving here from being in Mexico. It was a very, very different dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know what I struggled with? Because I mean, you and I, you, Reina and me were both born here, except you grew up there and I still grew up here in Indiana. And I had such an identity crisis growing up because I w- people say, people tell me like, you're Mexican-American when I tell them I'm Mexican. And I that's Is just, that an insult? Tim, no, I don't think it's an insult. I was born in America. I am American. You know, I was raised here. However, if you think about it, my parents immigrated here. And shortly after immigrating here, I was born. I was raised with Mexican culture, Mexican traditions and values. All I ate was Mexican foods. My first language was Spanish. And maybe I might have not been born in Mexico, but I was raised Mexican. So growing up, like I had to assimilate to American culture when I started going to school because I didn't know English either. Um, And I went to a private school here. So it was just a bunch of like rich American kids. We had nothing in common. Like, oh, so like I didn't know the same cultural references that they did. While they listen to, I don't know, like, who's a white artist that's really popular? Taylor Swift. Sure, yeah. While they listen to Taylor Swift, I was listening to, like, Selena. Yeah. You know, like, that's what I was listening to. While they were watching, like, High School Musical, I was watching Rebelde. Novelas. And novelas, (laughs) you know? Like, that's how I grew up. And so when people, like, when people are like, oh, like, what are you? I'm like, I'm Mexican. They're like, no, you're Mexican-American. I'm like, technically on paper, yes. But in reality, like, I had to work twice as hard to get to where I am and learn a second language, learn things by myself and basically raise myself in this like culture, culture that my yeah. that my parents weren't a part of because all they were doing was working. Do you get offended if you get called whitewash or whitewash? Oh my God, yes. Especially when She's you go like to Mexico. whitewash Mexican. <laughs> Especially when you go to Mexico and they like, they're like, yes. ah, la güerita. And I'm like, that's right. So like sometimes you don't okay i'm gonna rephrase that i've had the best experiences going to mexico i haven't had any bad um experience that i can think of but i do hear like people here and they're making comments like oh she's not from here or la güera de allá it's like things like that no it is that guinea de allá it's that entire phrase or or there. from there. Yeah. And that's... Is that what that, is that, what that phrase means? Yeah. Yes. It means you're not from there and you're not from here. And because we're not. Like, a lot... I think a lot of Latinos, Hispanics, like, feel that same way because you're not good enough to be American, but you're not good enough to be Mexican. So, like, we're just kind of put in the middle. It just Fun. sucks because yeah. I feel growing up I had such an issue... And I put a lot of blame on my parents for that. And I feel so bad about that. But, you know, you're young, you don't understand. And then you grow up and you kind of, you know, you process and you figure this out and you heal your traumas and whatever. But I just feel so bad because I didn't have a bad childhood. You know, I'm so grateful to my parents for everything that they did for us. And I wouldn't be who I am and where I'm at if it wasn't for them and their sacrifices. I also think that if I would have been born in Mexico and had a life in Mexico, I still think I would have been just as just as happy and just as as much as a good life here and there, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think everybody in Mexico is happy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, with, I believe that. Yeah, with the simple yeah. things. And I always have such a great time when I'm in Mexico too. I'm always eager just to go back. I feel like I, although I kind of blame my parents a little bit for taking me over there and then bringing me back here. Like it's, it was, it was just, it wasn't just me. It was me and my siblings. We had this abrupt change in our life. Like it was very quick from going to like one country to another. And my parents didn't understand. They still try to raise us as we were living in Mexico, but the schools here, the culture and everything else was just so different. Everything is different. Everything is so different. And my parents had no understanding on that. Yeah. And it's hard. You grew up more fortunate than I did, though. Not really. I I think everybody has their struggles. I went to public school right away as soon as I came mm-hmm. from Mexico. And down in Mexico, we weren't we weren't poor, but we weren't like rich or anything either. Mm-hmm. I remember I started working at a very 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 young age. I was Hold. I was six. Damn! I was working in. Sorry about I was, yours. <laughs> no, a lot of no. kids in Mexico, yeah. they're working on the streets instead of going to school, or they're work, going to school and then going straight to yeah. work and working on the streets. That's just how it is. But honestly, I had the best childhood. I, from my parents coming here and they left my siblings and I with my grandparents, they're in heaven now, but they literally raised me and. I cannot be any more grateful than that. Although, yes, I started working at a very, very young age. I was six years old when I was going to school, coming home and eating. And then my grandpa will take us to the fields and work his land. And I remember like the very first time I went and worked in the land, I started getting a bunch of blisters in my hands and I was crying. I was so sad. No, but... I feel like working at a very young age, it taught me how to work now. I was going to say, do you feel like that work ethic? Yes, that work ethic from, I thank my grandpa so, so, so much for teaching me how to work the land because right now I can literally be faced with any job and I can do it. If I did it when I was six years old with blisters in my hands, you can do anything. I can do anything now. You know, like I have that mentality, like hard work pays off Mm -hmm. and at the beginning, yeah, it was really hard, but my grandpa had a way of making things fun. Like, he would always be, he would always tell us stories when we were working. He would always, like, make it fun. He'd be like, okay, you grab, you work on this part of the land, I'll work on that part, and I'll race you. And if you win, I'll buy you a lollipop. I felt like it was, it was very, very fun. Like, and all the old stories that they will tell, my grandpa and my grandma will tell us, it, They've always stuck to me. And because of my grandma, I feel like I know God. She's Mm -hmm. the one that taught me about God, about believing, about my faith. And I thank her very much for that, too. Mm -hmm. I love that. See, I didn't have that. I think I was like literally driven away from the Catholic Church because Mm -hmm. the school I went to was a Catholic private school. My then my mom was one of the Sunday school teachers, <laughs> so we were constantly there. Like literally, I lived and breathed in that church. Like I kid you not, my entire life is in that church, and I think that's what drove me away from the Catholic Church. I just think that growing up in Mexico or just being in Mexico, obviously, I you know I did I didn't grow up in Mexico. I grew up here, but all the times that I did go and 
the way that things are just so much simpler there, people are just happy naturally. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Because there's no pressure for a lot of From things. What? I don't know, whatever society, like, American culture has. In Mexico, you don't live on the clock. Literally, the times that I visited Mexico from be- since being here, I don't remember looking at the clock or thinking like, oh, what time is this? Or time like, does not time exist does down not there. Time does not exist. Like, no. you say that, like that from visiting, but what about like when you grew up in there? Was it, is it like they're like living there as well? Yeah. Like, I remember growing up there. I just had so much fun. I felt so free. I would be like on horses. I would be playing with. Oh my God. You'd play in like the forest and you would just like do anything with nature. And you, yeah, you would ride horses. You You would be with the animals, the cows, the chickens, everything. Everything. I was very free. I remember. That's like like, the ranchero lifestyle. Yes. Basically. Yeah. I didn't grow up in a rancho. My family's from Puebla. My mom's from the city. So with my mom, I did grow up city life. My dad lives in a village, so I got that experience there. So I've never been to a rancho. Oh, um, I grew up in a rancho. But I know I'm sure it's a life. Why am I saying uh, a ranchero? A what does that mean? Um, that's a person, like a rancher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> Ruthie, you can relate. <laughs> it's okay. True, I can. But yeah, you can because you grew up. You grew up Amish. <gasps> you grew up with nature and stuff. I did. And my childhood was lit. My childhood was incredible. The And the older I get, the more I recognize that I am very, very lucky to have the childhood that I did have. And I don't know, just like the things that were instilled me, like I'm just, the older I get, the more I'm just, I'm just super grateful for them. I can relate to what you said when you said it was like very free. Obviously, I was Amish. I don't know how much you guys know about that. I don't know. I was outside all the time. And like I said, my mom said I was a tomboy until I learned how to read. But as far as like the actual day to day, it was very like doing work, doing a lot of chores because I come from a big family. There's 10 of us kids and then my parents. So we had to like we had our own garden and we I mean, during the summer, we had to take care of that. And then we were very much raised in you get up with the sun, you go down with the sun. And then now that I'm older, I'm just like, that's just what works for me. So what was it like when you started going to school and interacting oh. with other kids that weren't non Oh, my goodness. I could not wait to go to school. I remember that day my mom made me a red dress. Red dress. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nick Jonas just... He's living in my head rent free. I don't know why the As red lipstick came to my mind. <laughs> oh, the color red just follows me. Yeah. But I remember I could not be more excited to go to school. I was so excited. My mom, that morning, I re- remember when she was pulling up my hair to put on my bonnet and stuff. I was just like, Mom, can you believe that I'm already going to kindergarten? Like, I wanted her to be shocked that, you know, I'm going to school. And I do remember, I mean, I don't know. I just loved school. I, I mean, we had, we had a screening. I don't know if they still do that in this day and age, but we had screening and to pass screening, I had to be fluent in English, which I knew most of it. And, but yeah, English is my second language. My first language is not even a written language. It's Pennsylvania Dutch. I don't know. It's like a mixture of old German and English. And so that's, that's my native tongue. I do remember like feeling different when I was, I guess, out in the world. Like I knew I was Amish. I knew I was dressed different. 
But like I was a kid, it didn't bother me. Like for me, Amish was my normal. Like it was my life. I didn't, I knew I was different, but I was like, I'm different. Okay. My life was Amish. I wasn't really out in the world that much. And then just going to school. I was a nerd in school. Like I said, I loved reading and I just loved like all the studies and stuff like that. When you first started school, did I ask you questions about why you were dressed the way you were dressed to go to school? If they did, I don't recall any of it because, I mean, I was just a kid being kid. Um, and then also, like, when I did go to school, there's a lot of Amish people in the community where I'm from, like, where we are at. And so the school that I did go to, it was a public school, but it did have a lot of Amish kids there. So my friend group was Amish, and when I would interact with the other people, I mean, we were kids, I just... I don't know. I right. I mean, I just knew I was different, but I didn't really like, I don't know. For me, it wasn't that deep. I right. think, I think, I think I was just really self-aware when I was a kid because I knew I was different. I didn't live in the same houses as these kids. And whenever I went to their houses, they had a big houses or they had pools and they had trampolines and they had all these toys and all these things and their moms would buy them all these good snacks and I didn't have that. And yeah. You know, when my mom would pack me lunch, she'd pack me like a torta or like Mexican food and things like that. And so it was I, I noticed the difference mm -hmm. because there also wasn't a lot of girls in my class. I think the only like, the few Mexicans that were there were boys. So obviously the boys kind of stuck together and it was just me trying to be friends with these girls. And it just, you know, it was hard. But how grateful are you, though, for that? Oh, as an adult now, I'm super grateful for the way I was brought up and the education that I got because I do think that it got me really far in life and it definitely made me who I am today mm -hmm. yeah when I came back from Mexico and I was here obviously when I went to school I was a lot, like older I was nine so I was very self-aware that I was different and obviously not speaking the language made it even more obvious so I did I get a lot of kids come up to me like what was it like living in Mexico you know like I had I remember this kid and if you're listening shout out to Luis <laughs> Luis Um, he would be the one that was my translator. He would be the one helping us in school. And he would translate for me and he would help me with like try to understand what the teacher was saying. He would be like the kids would go up to him and tell, like ask him, oh, ask her this, ask her that. So like I would feel so overwhelmed sometimes with like all these questions. And I was obviously it was I was very self-aware of like, okay, I'm not I'm not fitting in. And I even got depression from leaving Mexico and being here. Like, it was just so different. I remember telling my parents, like, I want to go back. I want to go back. Take me back. And it was just something that they couldn't do. It's, it's definitely survival mode. Yeah. It, you definitely get put into survival <laughs> yes. mode at that age. I remember the first time that I felt seen was when the second Cheetah Girls movie came out. <laughs> I know. And one of the characters in the movie, in this movie, one of the, like, she's not part of the Cheetah Girls. Um, Belinda, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know who she you're talking about. She is a Mexican pop artist. Like, she was, like, Mexico's princess kind of thing. She's from Spain, but she somehow found her fame in Mexico doing, like, novelas. And so when Cheetah Girls 2 came out, and me and all these other girls got together at somebody's house we watched the movie and i was like i know her and to them they it was just some random actress that just happened to be in the movie that with a weird accent but to me i'm like no i know her 
she's really famous in Mexico. And then I felt so important because they were like, oh, who is that? She sings really good. Like, da 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 da. And I felt important because I'm like, oh, I know. And you guys don't. Like, it, it made me feel good about knowing a cultural reference that they didn't mm-hmm. because I didn't know anything. I, and I don't think as a child I felt accept, accepted for who I was. And I think that really took a toll growing up because then mm-hmm. when I went to middle school and high school, I didn't know how to interact with people like me. Was that public or private then? Then that was public. Public school. Mm -hmm. It was really hard. I did have a couple friends, but the only people around me in my life that I knew that were Mexican were my own cousins. Mm -hmm. That was it. I didn't make friends outside of that little circle at my school. So it definitely was hard to make friendships, to put myself out there. I was really shy. And I think that's why I focus so much more on school. And school was just hard because I was still in these classes with these same kids because I ended up in like the honors classes and like, you know, and I'm just like, and there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me in these classes and it just made it so much harder because I mentioned in the last episode that people, like I always felt like the dumber one because I just, I couldn't process things fast enough or the same way as they did. And I just, it was just hard. Everything was hard. (laughs) But it's crazy how similar, like, you growing up is similar to us. Because Amish... We're all different. That caught me off guard, was learning how much, like, the Amish culture growing up and the Mexican culture. How much... We're so similar. That's probably why we all get along at the factories. Yeah. (laughs) For real. (laughs) That is. Yeah. I think, I mean, a big similarity is the work ethic. Like, not being lazy is a very big thing growing up and I like that's a I'm just so freaking grateful for that I also think a big thing is like family oh oh yeah family loyalty family love family like family is just so important both cultures yes I think that that's a green flag I think along with family also comes like tradition we're Mm -hmm. from what I've heard like obviously Amish is very big on tradition like doing as your family does as your previous ancestors like and then as far as that goes And then, like, keeping up with the tradition of doing things a certain way because that's how you always do it and don't question it. Mm -hmm. I think growing up Latino, that's a big thing, too. I think Mm -hmm. one of the dominant religion is Catholicism, and it's literally embedded into our traditions. Everything we do is... Based on Mm -hmm. the Catholic tradition. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and the same with the Amish culture Mm -hmm. as well. Well, Christianity. Christianity. But that's just, you know, you grow up going to church on Sundays. You grow up Mm -hmm. doing rosarios. La doctrina on Sundays. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Or, you know, the sacraments. You get your confirmation. You do your communion. You do Mm -hmm. all these things because it's just... The baptisms and... It's just tradition. Like, there's really no No. other reason. You're doing it because it's just Uh, the right thing to do. A fun similarity is the food. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amish are known to throw down in the kitchen, but the same as those Latinas. Hell like the yeah. food. Ooh. Ooh. So like, that's good. A good yes. one. I, I love that. Love, I love when Ruthie tells me that her swagger is making her like a certain meal for her birthday and it's Mexican. I'm like, mm. yes. Pozole every <laughs> single time. Ruthie loves pozole. Mm. What's your favorite? Green or red? Red. 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 Period. Yeah. Slaps. Yeah. yeah. And then tacos. I never say no to tacos. You can never. What's no. your favorite kind of meat? Is asada the word for steak? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That or al pastor? Ooh, Ray- Ooh Reina. Too. What's yours? Asada. For mm. sure. Mine's lengua. <gasps> Isn't Ew. that 
tongue. Yes. yes. <laughs> I cannot with the texture. <laughs> Me oh. neither. That's just my favorite. Yeah. And technically, I will not eat lengua at any restaurant <laughs> except one in downtown. Anywhere else, I'll just eat asada. Yeah. No, those tacos are fire. Mm -hmm. I know which place. Yeah. Those are the best tacos that they I've had so far. The the only time I've ever ate Amish food is at Essen House, but you say that Essen House is like the hacienda to Mexican food. <laughs> so I, so yeah. I'm assuming, so like what, what are, you know, things that, what's your favorite like dish that your family makes? Um, I mean, my mom for our birthdays every year, they, we didn't have to do chores, which was a big win. And then for dinner, we were allowed to choose what our meal was. I would always choose my mom's grumbada soup and soft pretzels, which is potato soup. And then soft pretzels. I just love that to this day. That is still one of my favorite meals. But that's not necessarily like a traditional Amish meal. Like what gets served at a wedding is, I think, what people com consider like the traditional Amish meal, which is like grumbada mosh, greeny buna, gravy, dressing, which is mashed potatoes, green beans or like a vegetable of some kind and then dressing like dressing or i think some people call it stuffing <sighs> guys if if you get the chance that sounds so good if you that ever get invited really to good. an amish wedding i'm thinking go. we do an apartment 3b potluck <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then yeah like i think very much like meat and potatoes oriented meals and then casseroles amish people love casseroles. That, that's like the food pyramid for you guys for mm -hmm. us it's beans arroz tortillas and a mm -hmm. meat of some kind yeah yeah you <laughs> but i would say like it's very much like because there's mashed potatoes there's scallop potatoes there's roasted potatoes all of that kind of stuff and I then love potatoes um Me too. like amish is very much you grow your own food you live off the land and so we can and preserve like the food and then that's you live off of garden food and what you can and preserve and then like obviously meat which a lot of it is beef or deer there's a lot of deer hunters um so they'll eat that uh my dad has um a side hobby where he buys fur pelts and stuff so people would always joke that our family eats raccoon carcasses <laughs> and um Oh so God. what if we did? No, I'm kidding, guys. We never did. But like, it's usually like beef or deer is mm -hmm. the main meat. I remember when I asked you about your parents, you told me that like with the Amish workers at my job, you told me you're like, oh, just ask them if they know that, you know, da, 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 your dad's uh -huh. name. And I was like, okay. And so anytime that I mention you at work, I'm like, oh, she's da, 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 daughter. <laughs> and they're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. And then I feel so important. And I'm like, yeah. And it's funny that you say the whole deer thing too, because I have one coworker specifically, Mervin. I <laughs> love him. I love Mervin. He's one of my favorite coworkers. Um, but the best part of the thing is he's not going to hear this because he's Amish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Unless someone tells him. Yeah. But um, no, um, sometimes I'll ask him like, oh, like, what are you doing on vacation? If we have a vacation coming up, or I'll be like, what are you doing this weekend? And he's always telling me about his hunting adventure. He's like, yeah, I sound interested. I don't know what he's talking about half of the time, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm just really supportive. And I'm like, yeah, you go. You go hunt. You mm -hmm. go do your thing. So when I first started at the factory that I'm at, it was all Amish dominant so I was so there was not a lot of Hispanics or like a lot of like non-Amish people mm -hmm. so I was really intimidating going in because I only work with guys but over the years they're just so cool and they're funny <laughs> and they're fun yeah. and yeah I love my coworkers. Yeah, like sometimes with my plant manager like he'll um 
not see me cry. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, sometimes with my plant manager, um, he'll uh, talk to me about the races and his horses. And I'm like, that's just like what they're like, what they talk about, you know, like what you guys talk about. Like those mm-hmm. are the, your uh, conversation. Topics. Amish people don't eat horses. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, he'll talk to me about the horses he's buying. Or he'll yeah. put it out there. You know, and I'm like, I'm interested because I genuinely don't know about those things. So he'll tell me how much like, a horse is worth or why it's worth that much and he'll like tell me about all these horses and the, and the races and he'll tell me all these things and i'm just like genuinely interested because mm-hmm. i'm like yeah and i think even they enjoy talking about the things that they are into yeah. like well, they're, they're people into, yeah. too no i mean 100%. they're just <laughs> yeah. well i can add to that like i've i've worked obviously in a factory and i met you at a factory and is and that, i work with a lot of amish is that your only interaction you've had yes with okay yes that's my only interaction i've had with amish but i can say that i've had great experience with them like i've met a few amish girls they were so nice so so nice and the men that i interacted with they were always very although like i hear sorry about this but i hear a lot of comments of them being very they sit into like the category of like where mexicans would consider machistas Oh yeah, you know, that's what I would. That's yeah. another similarity. Yes, that's another similarity. But I honestly can say that I never had a bad experience with Amish men. So. See, opposite. No, not opposite. The guys that I work with are so cool. Like I love every shout out Mervin. Yeah, Mervin. Um, there was one guy, Wendell. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Wendell. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Fun fact: My mom once told me if. I was a boy. The name they had picked out for me was Wendell. And I'm butthurt because my three older brothers, their names all start with D. And then it'd be like, Darren Dahl, that Wendell. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about your ears. It's okay. Um, You don't look like a Wendell. <laughs> you don't look like no. a Wendell. <laughs> well, anyways, Wendell, he was a married man. And typically with Amish men, if you're married, you grow out your beard, correct? Yes. Okay. So... He was married for two years, and I think he had one baby. His beard wasn't coming in. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, yeah, what happens when a man can't grow a beard and they're married? He can't grow a beard, you guys. How did you consider them married? Well, I mean, there's usually, like, a couple hairs trying. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know what well, to say. I'm not a okay. man. So yeah. Sorry. No, I it's okay. Your story. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> yeah. So, that is whatever. Like, it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a lot of Mexican men that can't grow beards either. <laughs> Stop. We're trying to welcome. Oh, my God. Okay. Guys, we're trying, to, wrap it. We're okay, trying okay, okay. to welcome men into this. Like, we're making fun of them. You guys are like, welcome. Your- <laughs> this is a question for men. Like, is having no beard kind of like the same as like the itty bitty titty committee? Do, do men feel insecure for not being able to grow See, a beard? I feel like. Well, I mean, no, if because I were men, some, I would. Some guys don't like having beards, though. Oh. Right. Fun and the men that-, that actually can grow beards, they like to shave and they're like, oh, I hate the hair on my face. Oh. Like, yeah. they- And I'm not going to lie. Some guys look good without a beard. Yeah. And some guys just have a beard kind of face. Yeah. I don't know. So, I wouldn't know. Yeah. I think it's very Although, attractive. For I feel like... Oh, I like guys with beards. Yes, me too. What about like, women? I think... <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Because how, how excited do men wonder, get yeah. as, like, boys when they grow their first pup... Like... <laughs> I wasn't excited either. I was like, what the fuck? 
love. <laughs> Anyways, <The worst>. <laughs> okay. Um, you started. I, sorry, I, yeah, I know. <sighs> I. <laughs> you started off. I wonder if men feel. Um. No. No. I. I was actually saying. I think a lot of men, when they're younger, they get excited. <laughs> How excited do men get as like, yeah, I think a lot of guys get really excited when they grow their first armpit hair. You know, my little brother got excited. My son got excited. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I think it's so I don't know. Maybe it's a guy thing to be to want a beard. Probably because in eighth grade, I got told it's time to shave my mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. I always (laughs) dude, And my hair grows back dark. Yeah. Same. Can't can't relate. (laughs) Must be nice. No, must be nice. I have never, never shaved my mustache and I have never gotten comments about it. Like, do do I have a mustache? I would people, if, if I did. if you know me and I actually have a mustache, mustache, I can say mustache, 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 you a mustache, you a mustache. Please let me know. It's okay. You can be Roman instead of Reina. You can be Roman. Shut <laughs> <laughs> up. I don't like if Roman. If we start being like, okay, we're it's Karen, Ruthie, and Roman. <laughs> we love Roman. Not me over here rocking my mustache and not even knowing. Yeah. Well, I rock mine on. Uh, I don't care. Anyways, yeah. Wendell. We're getting yes. And so yeah, we went to Wendell. I with him. He wasn't growing his beard. Whatever. Everybody knew he was married. The, Damn. The, did we get sidetracked? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we I did. do think that he. I don't know personally what he was going through, what his what was going on in his life, but I think he wanted to overcompensate for that because he. A lot of guys didn't make fun of him for that, and I do feel bad. I did tell a lot of guys like, "Hey, maybe that wasn't nice," you know, like, but. He would treat me a certain way. Out of all yeah. the Amish men, he treated me a certain way compared to the other guys. He was actually he would be so like, "You had a mustache." <laughs> yes. <laughs> what's up, dude? What's up? What's my name? What's my alter ego name? A girl can grow uh, a mustache, Carl. and I can't. Carl. No, I knew a Carl, and he was bald. <laughs> Carmen. <laughs> Carmen's a girl name. Carlisle. No. Carlisle. <laughs> Did you? Carlos. Oh no, not Carlos. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. Kevin. Kevin. I'm a Kevin. Kevin. Um, She wants to be named Kevin. I will be Kevin. And I'm Wendell. Yeah. And I'm, what'd you call me? Ramon. Roman. 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 I call myself Ramon. What? (laughs) Ramon. Ramon. Well, anyways, this Wendell guy, he would treat me like shit, essentially. Like, he would be like, Karen, can you pick that up? Like, Karen, pick that up. Like, well, he wouldn't even ask nicely. He'd be like, Karen, pick that up. Or Karen, do this. Karen, do that. I, one day I straight up told him, I'm like, hey. If you don't tell me, if you don't say please or thank you, I'm not going to do it for you. I'm like, if you don't ask nicely, I'm not doing shit for you, dude. Because I'm really helpful with the guys. If they need something, like, I have a lot of downtime doing my job. So I'm like, you know, you need nails, I'm going to go, nails. If you need screws, I'm going to go get them. You need me to help pick something up, I got you. Because they treat me good, I'm going to be good to them. Wendell would treat me like shit. And And I called him out. I'm like, dude, like, you can't fucking talk to me like that. Do not talk to me like that. And he, like, he switched up real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, he started talking to me nicely, nicer. Anytime anything happened, he knew better than to talk to me a certain way. So he would be like, "Please, thank you, Karen. Can you like you trained went, him well? I did, and I hope it went home with him. Good. Yeah. I hope he treats well, his wife well. Yeah. Boundaries. I, mean, I with, feel like uh, <clears throat> if us as women don't set boundaries, men will test us and will treat us as 
bad as they can until we put a stop to it. I mean, yeah. as, well, because they can I get away with it. I think it also yeah. extends to men because there's nice men that get ran yes. over by, yes. by that's women. True. So it, it, I think yeah. it's just ways. people like that. Set your boundaries. You were saying how like the Amish men are very machismo or whatever. Uh, I think but, Raina was saying that. Oh, yeah. But sorry, Karen. Yeah. I mean, growing up Amish, it's very much like the man has his place. The woman has his place. And while there are some things like I, you know, there's respect that goes both ways. Like, like with everything, it can be abused. But growing up, that's something that I am grateful is that I was taught. Like, I know what I want to give in a relationship. And I was raised by a very healthy man. And I was surrounded by very healthy Women. men oh. in my life. And they were the ones that worked, that provided, that took care of the woman. And then in doing so, like, the woman would do her things which is like support mm. for him run the household grow the food like make sure the man has hot food when he comes home and stuff like that and the older i get the more i i, I appreciate that i love that and that's something that i whoever do whoever fought for the woman's right to work i want to have a <gasps> you're dumb i mean no you're no, not dumb. women should work women should out. work but, but at the same time i feel like it should women be a choice have the right to work yeah but, but yes. see here's the thing i ha not to get have political. the opposite feelings as you because I grew up with a like my parents had a healthy relationship too. Growing up, my parents are now divorced, which is fine. They're best friends. We love it. Growing up, my parents were a really healthy couple. Um, so I had that too. My dad was the provider. My mom took care of things. The difference with me though is that because I grew up the oldest daughter, and because I grew up in survival mode, I grew up very independent. Mm. Um, and I think being Mexican, that's something I struggle with. Because, yeah, I want a man to take care of me and I want to be feminine. And but a big part of me is just so scared by that because I'm so independent. It's I've, so hard because you grew up like I can relate to you mm -hmm. a lot. I am also the oldest daughter and I've always been so independent. Like I had to help take care of my brothers and like growing up independent. It makes you take charge of everything now. And mm -hmm. it's really hard to letting go of that dependency like it's about trust, you know, like how can I trust a man to fully take care of me when I hadn't learned that at a young age? Mm -hmm. When you've basically taken care of yourself your entire your life. Your entire life, yes. Do you feel like you mentioned, you know, being the oldest daughter and stuff, like there was a lot of like expectations on you? Yes. Oh, 100%. And like took care of yourself all the time. Here's I wiped all of my younger siblings' <laughs> ass. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. <laughs> oh, not me. Um, my parents had us pretty close to each other. The thing, though, being the oldest, I, especially growing up in a different culture, different language, different everything, like elementary school, I had to teach, not teach necessarily, but I had, I was the one that they were like, oh, like, help your brother, help your sister with their homework, mm -hmm. help them with this, help them with that. Like, I wasn't ever put into a parent role. I know a lot of people are. I thankfully never was. However, I do have this like strong connection to my siblings where I feel like I, even to this day, I like I have to take care of them They're What they have going on is my responsibility for some reason. I like and, and, and my family and even yes. to this day, my family looks to me to like bring the peace in the family. Like, oh, like tell your brother, tell your sister, da, 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 da. Things gather because I'm the person that gathers people. Oh my god, same with me. And I and I, I love it. Like I absolutely love it, but at the same time it can be so overwhelming. It's especially because so it's it wasn't your responsibility as a kid yeah. to do this stuff. You know, like I was trying to figure out my schoolwork, my things, 
And I still had to figure it out for my siblings. So like maybe that's why I became as smart as I could because I possibly was capable of because I had to learn for two other people, you know, and even to this day with my little brother who because me and my three. So I so it's me, my brother, and my sister. We're all really close in age and we have a little brother that's um, 12. And even with him, sometimes it's like Karen, like till this day, make sure he's okay. Like, what is he going through? Like, talk to him, like help him with this, do this, do that. And I'm just like, I think I'm, I've outgrown this. Like, yeah. I'm not the parent. That's your job. That's your job, your responsibility. And I love my siblings. Day, yeah. yeah and my mom calls me whenever there's something going on. My mom calls me and she's like, Mija, I don't know how to talk to them. You're the one that has a way with words. Go talk to them. Oh my God. My mom says the same thing. Like, and it's, it's not a burden. I no, love I my love, siblings. Yes. I love my siblings genuinely. And everything that I was capable of doing for them, I did with out of love, not out of it being a burden. Mm -hmm. It's just growing up like, I don't know, like part of me is like, I should have just been a child. I should have just played with my siblings. Although I feel like you probably wouldn't have the same bond that you have with them now if that's just, true but it's i think it's an older sister yeah, thing too yeah. like we feel responsible know. for our I, younger well, siblings yeah. I, mean, I still feel responsible yeah. for my siblings and i know like my even my sister my younger sister she she always calls me she's like sister i feel like we always go to you for everything but like she's like you're just the one that knows how to talk you're just the one that knows how to give us support you're just the one that knows how to show us love and i don't mind that at all although sometimes when i'm going through my own shit like Who do I go to, you know? Me? You, yeah. yeah. So that's where Ruthie falls in. You like, want to know something Ruthie. that I know, I've heard, though? The strongest people don't go and show support or ask how you're doing because you are, the, in their eyes, you're the strongest person and they see that you have it together. Like They, they think you have it handled. They, think you, they, they yeah. think you have it together. Yeah. And that's why they don't sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I try to, try to remember that sometimes, but I'm just like, But I could still use someone to tell me, like, are you okay? Are you, yes. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, All the I, older sisters out there, the older siblings, like, how are you doing? How are you doing? Are, are you, you amazing? Okay? Thank you. How's, how's therapy? Thank how you. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder how it is for older brothers, though, too. Like, yes. I feel like with being a, ma like a boy, it's different than being a sister because... I just feel like it's different. I wonder what it's like to be like the oldest brother and like caring for your siblings. I feel like men pressure is just so different from women pressure. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, for me growing up, I felt the responsibility of like taking care of my six younger siblings. But it's like as the older we get, though, I like because I am not Amish. My sister, that's a year and a half behind me, has stepped into that role where, I mean, I don't know if I can relate to like. Like, my family doesn't call me to lean on me to ask for my advice and things like that. Because, I mean, I live a completely different lifestyle. So I'd wonder if my sister feels that way. Do you think it's because, like, gender roles are just really very, very present oh, in I don't that know. culture? Because I know it can't No, it because can my, be. sister's, my sister right behind me is smart as, Hell smart yeah. as crap. Yeah. Well, I know gender roles can I'm be, smart. like, a big thing in like, Latino culture. Gender roles were a big thing. Mm -hmm. Do you resent that or do you embrace that? I don't resent it. I feel like growing up with my grandma and my grandpa, my grandma took very much on the role of being the woman of the house. She took What does care, that look like? She took care of cooking. She took care of cleaning. She took care of the chores in the house. And my grandpa was the one in charge of bringing food, of bringing, of like 
working the fields or taking care of animals and taking care of the man things that need to be taken care of. The blue jobs. Yes. My grandma was the backbone of it, though, I feel. My grandpa was very, he always took her into consideration for everything. And that's something that I admire so much in my grandpa. Like, it taught me high, now that I'm older, higher expectations of men because I know they're out, there's a lot of good men out there. It's just finding them, you know? But I feel like my grandma and my grandpa were such a great example for me. And probably, like, they, they didn't have a, a book growing up and, teaching their kids but they try to do a better job with my siblings and I when they took care of us and they did great with us I I love them at the end of the day we have to remember that they were doing the best that they could yeah it's their first time being alive it's their first time being alive and you can't my mom's one of the hardest workers that I know yeah and so is my mom so is my mom yeah yeah and my mom and I have like a we have a rocky relationship and I still love her but I acknowledge that she did the best she could you know, and I know she loves me and she works really hard for what she has now, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. yeah. So is my mom. My mom is the one of the hardest working women I know. Mm-hmm. She may not be good with her words and she may not be good at showing love, but I know deep down she loves us. And mm-hmm. I have grace for her because, you know, she maybe maybe at the time she didn't have the tools that she needed to be better. It's not that she didn't want to be better or not that she didn't want to change some things in her life. But at the end of the day, I feel like we're here and we're learning these le- like these lessons that are thrown at us. And we either pity ourselves or we learn and move on from them. I think, unfortunately, I'm still learning to give grace. I don't hold resentment, but I do think a part of me is like, I was still looking f- to find to give them grace and yeah. I'm trying I, really I hard because like it's because it's, it's it, a learning process, it is a yeah. learning process and I'm getting there but it is hard because there's a lot of things I need to acknowledge and a lot of things I need to heal with and get like work through and I think that's just that's just how it is and it's yeah. okay like and as long a, as you're yeah. working through it yeah, yeah it's okay like I'm obviously like I'm I'm older than you girls and I women women <laughs> older than you woman but I still struggle with some things and to like having more grace to, especially towards my dad. I Mm. feel for me, my dad is a person that I love very, very, very much. But at the same time, it's a person that has shown me what not to have Mm. around me. Yeah. I hold, I'm still working on holding grace for him, but I hold a lot of respect for him and Mm. a lot of, I mean, he's still at the end of the day. He's still my dad. Yeah, and yeah. I will love him for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's he's doing his best, and I just I love him. Like yeah. I can't. Yeah. Think Good. No, and I love my dad too. My dad never really traumatized me, but I or love maybe my in dad. Our future episode. <laughs> yeah. No, Damn. but I, how fucked up are we? <laughs> right? We're not fucked. No, up. I think we're human. I think we're all that. just yeah. We're alive. We're human, and, and this is just us working through it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love my dad. He's the hardest worker I've ever known. He built literally out of nothing and has like a huge thing going for him now. And I think he's the reason I have such a strong work ethic 
and mm. I'm really strong-minded is because of my dad. I started working not at six, but at 15 when I was able to. And I've never stopped working since then. And like, I always find a way. If there's no way, I figure it out and I nice. find a way. Like, I'm just nice. independent because of my dad, too. I thank him yeah. for that. I... I don't know. I feel like I had responsibilities put on me as a child growing up. Like, I mean, I had six younger siblings, so I had to help take care of them. But like, I love them to death. Like for me, it was not a problem. And but like, my parents let me be a kid for a very long time. I feel like I was still very naive and innocent well into my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I did not grow up quickly. And I am grateful for that. Yeah, because yeah. I did. You I grew what? up so it's, fast. You grow up fast. Like, I feel like I grew up fast, but when it comes to certain things. Mm. I was very naive of other things. I feel like for a certain amount of time there when I lived with my grandparents, they had me or they kept me in this bubble where I felt like everybody was good. There was no evil in the world. And, like, it was just everyone was so good. And, like, reality kicked in of, like, when I moved to the States, you know, like my whole world shift Mm. and i was just like what in the world is going on you know and i started seeing a different side of people Mm -hmm. and traumatizing things that i was just like shook Mm. like that bubble that my grandma and my grandpa tried to keep me in to keep my innocence in my childhood after i got married it was just like damn (laughs) Welcome to the real world. Welcome to the yeah. real world, for real. Yeah. When you were talking about how your parents put that responsibility on you about taking care of your siblings, or well, I helped take care. Of yeah, them. help take. There were there were six younger than me, and all of my siblings. The biggest age gap is between my brother right above me, and it's mm-hmm. two years. So we're all year and a half year mm-hmm. apart. Um, I was gonna say I noticed how the three of us, we. We we all three went through that, all three of us. Um, but we also keep saying like, but but we love our siblings. It, like we did it for them. But at the end of the day, that wasn't our job or our responsibility. Oh. You know, yeah. Like yeah. I don't I think mean, we should have lo- loved our siblings to take care of them. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. You know I'm trying to yeah, say something. I think I know. What I'm you're trying, trying to say, to say something, yeah. and it's not coming. Like, it's not no, articulating. I hear what you're saying. You know what like, I hear you too. You're saying yeah. like as a child. Like, you shouldn't have had the responsibility of taking care of another human or another child? Yeah. Maybe. Or am I not articulating that correctly? Well, like, I love you, Ruthie. Like, Thanks. me, Karen, I love you. I love you. But because I love you doesn't mean I have to... You don't have to wipe my ass. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I will because I love you. <laughs> you don't have to. But do, you, but do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but yeah. it's like, now is your choice. Yeah, we didn't have a choice. I yes. think that's what it is. Yes. Because yeah. growing dude, I don't know how to make a decision. Oh. Somebody asks me, like, something simple. I, like, I think we had a Where do you want to go eat? I don't know. Wherever you want to go because yeah. I care I care more about Girl, what you want. I'm the same way. Damn, I'm selfish then. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I really, it's really hard for me to make a decision. It's really hard for me to have my own choice because I'm... We're constantly people thinking pleasing. of other people. People pleasing. Yes. People pleasing is a because big thing. Because growing up as the oldest daughter and as a Latina, I felt like I had to please my parents 
I feel like and you guys everything had that way the higher same. expectations. Yeah. yeah. And we validation. Of, validation. We need validation. Oh. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of validation. Although we were doing our best and we were doing hard to like helping take care of our, our, our siblings and like being more responsible and like our parents just had more and more expectations of us. Like it was just not enough. Yeah. I think if I would have we been told... What we were doing was not enough. I think if I would have been told, hey, I appreciate you, I think that I'd be fine. Been, yes. <laughs> I'd be fine. Yes. But you are fine, though. <laughs> I am working through it. No. I think we all oh are. God, that's amazing. Damn. Damn, did we discover something on... <laughs> I think this is... Yeah, this is cheaper than therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And more fun. Hell yes. yeah. Okay, also, we wisdom. went through a lot of shit, and we're still working through a lot of... Trauma, shit, shit. Oh, trauma. <laughs> oh, I am so grateful for how I grew I up. I am so grateful too. Mm-hmm. I am so grateful. I know right now we acknowledge the things that we have to work on, and I know for myself, you mentioned Karen, like you people please, and like you don't know how to make a choice. Like I, I am the same way, but at the same time, I am grateful that my parents gave me responsibilities. That my grandparents gave me responsibilities because. If I didn't have that and the life that I live now, I probably would drown and I wouldn't be able to navigate my life right now because I wouldn't know how to take on responsibility. Mm-hmm. One thing that I take away from it is I appreciate and love the closeness that my siblings keep me to them. Yeah. That just means so much to me. It's like they're your kids. <laughs> it's like they are my kids. Yeah, and like, that's how I feel about my siblings. And we have our moments. We fight a lot but at the end of the day i know that they always come to me for anything and everything and i love that i love feeling wanted <laughs> i wonder what i wonder, <laughs> what, that's all I wonder what that's about yeah. you know we all fun. want everybody wants to yeah. feel wanted and yeah loved. but i don't it, think that's a trauma it makes thing. me f- and we don't in my family we don't hug we're not physical and same <laughs> amish people don't hug oh really no. like it's an all thing do you think something do you think you're gonna teach your children in the future some of the things that you learned growing up being Amish? Yeah. Um, I will probably have a lot of people around me who are be like, wow, she's so strict because, I mean, screen time. I grew up with no electricity, so I didn't grow up with TV. I grew up without a phone, no social media, no nothing. That's an incredible blessing. So I think that's something I want to heavily enforce with my kids. I mean, growing up is hard enough, as you guys have spoke about, excuse me, and then, like, for me, I don't know, like, just television and then screen time. Like, I don't think that when I die, I'm going to look back and be like, wow, I really wish I spent more time scrolling Instagram or like, wow, I really wish I watched another movie. No, I'm going to think about the times when I, my eyes weren't on a screen. And that's something that I've seen, like, with since I left the homage is like screen time just takes up so much of people's life. And I'm not shaming people because there's like some people that's their career. Right. Well, but for me you- personally, like. I'm just grateful that I was able to grow up without that influence over me because it can be detrimental to people. You and a lot of Latino families, that's how they bond. I yes. that that was a hard thing for me to mm-hmm. learn because my boyfriend really really enjoys watching movies and then sometimes I have the attitude of that's a waste of time because I'm sitting there just staring at a screen like I'm being hypnotized by moving figures and it's it's not all that. I think some of it can be like that, controversial opinion, but whatever. 
But then it's also, I feel like watching a movie is the same as reading books. I love reading books. I love reading a story, something mm -hmm. that transports me into another realm. So I had to learn to understand that like movies can be like that too. Yeah. But I do get very like if I'm just mindlessly scrolling or if I'm just watching a sh like a trash TV show that doesn't add any value to my life. I'm like, I mean, Joe Rogan once said not to already quote him, but he once said that like your cell phone is a tiny electrical device and if it was any other device that had humans like just a little like what if it was like a little round sphere that had people glued to their chairs and people just like hypnotizing staring at it just staring at it for hours we would be alarmed mm -hmm. but because it's a phone or it's a scream we're addicted to it we're not alarmed so that's we'll something i'm just i don't know oh my god i think that's why we have such a good time when we go to mexico and i oh, oh you mentioned this? feeling free yeah yeah because that's what it is like they do have technology there. Like, Mexico is just as advanced as America and, like, any other country. But when you are in Mexico, you just enjoy reality more often. The present and The moment. present. Yeah. And it, the present moment is so important. And it is. Up, I grew up the same way you did. Yeah. I, I mean, we had a TV, but it was just... Since we live, like, in a rancho, you wouldn't really get many channels. So, like, my time, for me, I wouldn't sit in a couch and watch tv mm -hmm. it was just i would be outside i would be playing i would be doing my chores i would be in school like i would visit my cousins and like we would play like all the children from the neighborhood they would get together and play games at night and like we would be outside playing yeah i think it's very american culture to watch tv and be on mm -hmm. you know on virtual world yeah. in the virtual world essentially it's fake it is Real life's but so much better. i think where um where mexican latino families bond over tv in america is because they're not in mexico they're bonding over watching telenovelas watching sabado gigante watching things that bring them remind them of where they're coming from or you just remind them of home yeah do you know what i mean yeah absolutely. and i think that's I where where because yeah. i mean growing up that's what me and my mom and my sister would watch is yeah. novelas yeah we wouldn't watch really anything else together yeah. you know and that's just how we bonded yeah um but i do think that the whole television thing is very american culture um because yeah in mexico do it's better not, <laughs> right? do better america it's, we can do better because it's not like that down there and there down there i'm hardly ever on my phone we have tv but like i'm hardly on the tv like we're out we're doing things we're seeing people we're having conversations with people and i think that's one thing that i value about growing up mm -hmm. latina is that i value relationships and other people Ooh. you know and, and like face to face when i can yes yeah, but, but that's also me. Like yeah. some people, like I said, some people they get their joy from what they find online, and you can find a whole community, which is like that's literally that's where we're finding our community. With yeah, Department Three B with Department Three B. Yeah, online. so yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. it's uh, a balancing act. It is yeah. a balancing act. But I 100 percent am grateful how I grew up, and I do not wish that I wasn't Latina because I think being Latina is something that I'm proud of. Especially, you know what's funny? This episode is dropping. The same week as Hispanic Heritage Week. Yeah. Um, Mexico, Mexico Independence is Saturday. So yeah. I, I didn't even realize that until right yeah. now. But nice. I, I am, am very proud and I'm very grateful for how I was brought up. And I am grateful for the food and the music and the all, culture. All of it. I am so yeah. grateful. I as love well. the culture. I, I might not be Catholic anymore, but I 100% am grateful for 
the traditions and the experiences that I had growing up. Can I say something I love yeah. about the culture? I love the dancing and the music. There's so much freedom into that. There, yeah. And I adore that. And then I also love how much appreciation of beauty there is. Growing up, Bama, here, like, I mean, all the women look the same. We mm. all, um, you wear a dress and a bonnet. And there's not, like, because that's considered prideful. Mm. Um, so, like, seeing the appreciation for beauty and then the appreciation for music and dancing is incredible. Yeah. I love it so much. I've had a few people ask me what I would change growing up. And I feel like I wouldn't change anything. Um, anything, everything that has happened in my life has happened for a reason. And I learned from all the experiences and I am very grateful for my parents, my siblings. I love them so much. My grandparents and just growing up Mexican, the culture, growing up Latina is amazing. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I hope to instill a lot of things into my children growing up because I don't want it to go away. You know, yeah. I don't want it to, yeah. get, it to keep stay. it alive. Keep I want to keep the yeah. culture. You will. Yeah. You will. I think yeah. so. Like, that's that's what you're set on. I mean, some people complain about growing up churchy, but I'm kind of glad for that. Like, the habit of going to church and being made aware that there's a spiritual realm and that exists and that there's a God. Like, that's important. And it's important to me. And that's something that I'm glad that I grew up with. I truly, like, am grateful that... I don't know, like to see a man play the man and to get to see my mom be the woman to be the mom. Mm -hmm. um, I value that and I really look for like up to that and I hope to be that someday too. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I know that's a very old fashioned. No, it's okay. POB. But yeah, I <laughs> really, really love back. that. Yeah. <laughs> hint, but, hint to our next episode. Yes. <laughs> um, thank you for sitting with us for another yeah. hour. Yeah, Another so episode fun. of our experiences and I hope you guys can resonate with a lot of what we spoke on or that you take something you out take of this. Some, yes. Or if you want to share your story with us too, feel free to share that on our Instagram at apartment3b, all spelled out, or on Spotify as well. Everything is anonymous. So if you would like to stay anonymous, mm -hmm. it will be. But thank you so much for listening to us talk about how we grew up and that i mean you guys know that plays an integral part of who we are yeah and we mm -hmm. are apartment 3b we so are. we and are yeah. friends for a reason like yeah. yes. growing up has shaped us of who we are today and it has brought us mm -hmm. together and i'm to so this grateful. very moment yes yeah. and i'm so grateful for apartment 3b yeah. on that you. note that wraps up this episode and we'll talk to you guys next week thank you for listening bye bye, bye. bye.